Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Johnny Smith. I'm Richard Porter. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things, actually in person. Full disclosure, um, we're still in America, um, but we're not at Rentspelt anymore because it's finished. Yeah. We're just, we're just killing time waiting to go to the airport. And we thought, well, since we're together and we're not often together, we'll do a podcast in the same room instead yeah. of remotely. We've got a big tubby suburban waiting to take us. Well, we assume so. I thought you were say we've got a big tubby coffee. We just went down to, um, there's, I don't know, some area of sweet, sweet Monterey, the town where we're staying. <laughs> some area. <laughs> so, like, I was going to say it's a precinct, but that makes it sound like a sort of 70s shopping centre. And we just, yeah, went to the spa yeah, uh, and then popped into Woolworths. No, we we went and got a coffee and, and, a, and a pastry, but the pastries were so massive that we just had to share one. It was a croissant the size of, what's, what are those very large crabs that you can eat? Uh, oh, um, which have an orangey brown shell. Oh, okay, yeah, and they're not Dungeness crabs, are they? They're, but you know they're large. Yeah. So imagine a croissant that's basically it's a pastry crab. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's huge. It's unnecessarily large. And I, we both looked to one another. I quite fancy one of those, but not all of it. No. And then the coffee, and we stupidly went medium, forgetting that where we are, and of course, two cardboard buckets of coffee came out, <laughs> and. Uh, it's fine. It's just it's. I think it, it just takes some adjustment because yeah. we're British, uh, don't you know? And we're just not as good at. Well, I don't know. Everything is just a bit smaller in our country, isn't it? I won't dwell on the. We, we've already obviously done the podcast on Wren's Spouts and the, the the Porsche walk round, but having a walk round near the harbour today. Yeah. And of course, being foreigners, we just enjoy looking at street furniture and stuff. <laughs> We actually found an, an, an. We actually found a ghetto box stuff. Oh yes, didn't we? This is. Uh, when did we do this? It was a video, wasn't it? But we might have put it into a podcast. Did a video driving along? I think it was on the A1, and we was I chasing a box that I thought was a bit ghetto. Maybe I think the video was called Ghetto Ghetto Box Yeah. And this has been your dream for a long time to buy a mechanically excellent but cosmetically shagged boxster, and it's yeah. not quite what you've ended up doing. No, I actually bought a better one than I needed to. But then we saw your hypothetical dream, which I always believed was was only a dream because someone who doesn't look after the cosmetics probably doesn't look after the mechanicals. Mm. But yeah, we hadn't factored in Cali spec sun damage. We've oh, taken photos of this car, but we will share them with the patrons. But um, we've got serious lack of lift. Incredible lack of lift, even on the door mirrors. Like the top <laughs> of the door mirrors have just had gone all, and the I mean, it's like the back, the 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 boot cover and engine cover. Oh, eczema! <laughs> What's your metallic blue eczema? It is. It's a. It, it, it looked great, and um, inside, I noticed the side bolsters of the seats. They'd all got hurt, and we were we were stood outside. It was outside like a delicatessen. Mm. We were taking photos of it, and it was next to an immaculate nine eight six Boxster, a black one, a gleaming black one on, on Cali black plates. The irony here, of course, being that we've just spent four days at the world's biggest Porsche festival, looking almost exclusively at Porsches, and then when we went for a stroll around the town where we're staying, we ended up getting drawn to look at some more Porsches. It, it feels like we we need to sort of detox by going to a Vauxhall show next weekend or something. Well, the walk around today was a sort of Porsche methadone walk. It was. It like, was. You're not, no, you're not like, going to have a full hit. Yeah. You're not allowed. Well, there, and then we, but then we saw those that trio of beautiful sort of sixties, so early seventies, a nine eleven, a nine one four, and then another nine eleven, a really nice one on Steelys. Oh. And then we ended up walking while browsing at small ads for nine one twos back in the UK. Yeah. So yeah, but the the delight of taking pictures of the heavily patinated Boxster in the street and the owner coming out of the delicatessen with his coffee and assuming somehow, I think, that we were, like... Taking the piss. Taking the piss. Yeah. And we had to explain that we absolutely were not and we really liked the cut of its jib. Yeah. And then it turned out that it was quite low mileage, but it's just that it had been outside for 10 years. You said it's just been sat... Uh, it's been street parked for over a decade in, in California. That's so, yeah, what happens. Cosmetically. 
But I won't talk about any more Porsches. I just wanted to say thank you, a really massive thank you to everybody who came and said hi at the event. Yeah. Uh, from all over the world. Um, we had words, our own silly words quoted back to us. <laughs> and, it was, and it was very heartwarming. And some, you know, some, uh, and some really you know, g- genuine, genuine messages of thanks for saving my soul during what, uh, lockdown. So thanks, everybody, because without you, we wouldn't be doing this. And as you can imagine, it's really hard to talk about utter slurry on a weekly basis <laughs> for an hour. Yeah, it was very nice. It was very, I mean, the whole thing was very nice. We won't go on. Really sweet, there's a lot great, of sweet, sweet great, guys yeah, out there, there and, and girls. Yeah, so that was that was lovely, um, and also so far the feedback to last week's episode's been nice because we don't have guests. We always make a thing about this, and then suddenly we did, and because we felt like since there were people there in person, and it was nice to get some different voices yeah. on the podcast. I'm annoyed about the people we didn't manage to get on because we were hanging out with Jay Ward out of off of Pixar, yeah, who is the Mister Cars basically, yeah, as in Cars the movie, and he's. Uh, a fascinating, but B a sweet, sweet guy, like genuinely one of the most lovely people you could hope to meet. And I wanted to, um, I try and sit down with him on mic, yeah, to talk about some of the stuff he did with cars because he gave a little talk at Ranspold, and about, it, was, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. It was fascinating. And one of the things that really caught my ear was when he said that they, how much the sort of dynamics of the cars were important to them, and they analysed how each car drove and then fed that into the animation modeling so that lightning mcqueen rides really hard like a racing car would yeah with short suspension travel yeah so he said the the classic illustration of this is the scene where they're tractor tipping and then they get chased by the combine what's the combine called oh gosh i don't know sonny run he's gonna get you and his name i can't remember um and uh and they're going over sort of rutted field. And if you watch, and it's true, I was going sort of picture in my mind's eye. Lightning is jiggling it's about bouncing. like a bastard. A mater being a sloppily suspended old <clears throat> truck is sort of gliding over the surface like a 2CV. And, uh, and that sort of stuff and how much effort they put into it. And also even tiny details, like they figured out that to make Sally, the Porsche, look more feminine, they had to treat the eyes slightly differently. That included putting a, a sort of thicker black, Oh, windscreen rubber, yeah. basically around. So it yeah. sort of looks like mascara. Yeah, and it's just a subtle detail, Clever. but it kind of slightly feminizes her compared to Lightning or the other characters. So, yeah. so much work went into it, and it's a shame we couldn't get a chance to sit down with Jake because he's just—he was a man in demand. Well, there will be a video out on the late break show. Oh yes, you did. I do did. That. I okay, did manage right, to well, shut up. <laughs> it was a fa- it was a fairly br- brief chat, but it, but hopefully there's some good nuggets in there about mm. how they c- created that real nine eleven cut and shut. Um, Vehicle. I also uh, I met Jay's wife, who's also lovely, and she's uh, works in the makeup industry, as in like sort of TV and film uh, makeup and grooming. Did she thread your eyebrows while she was talking uh, to you? uh, No, but we had a long chat. She's a massive Top Gear fan uh, of the old my era of show, and um, we had quite a long chat, slightly too long chat, possibly about Jeremy Clarkson's eyebrows (laughs) and nose. <laughs> no, and she said she said she she loved the show, but sometimes she's watching Jeremy. And she's thinking, I'd love to get my hands on him because he looks flaky on screen. <laughs> does he look like Ed Quasson? Yes, he does. <laughs> well, he looks like the bootleg of that box to me. You just go, oh, if I brush that, bit's going to come off. Has um, he got Cali skin lift? Just, what, yeah, well, he does because he does. And I said, I said to her, he doesn't. One of the problems is he's of a generation of sort of pig-headed man that doesn't wear sun cream. Yeah, and she went, oh, don't get me started. I know so many. Men of that age, you don't. And I keep yeah. saying that, you know, you, you've you really got to. You've got to yeah. for a lot of reasons. Yeah, hi, Dad. Hey, <laughs> Is your dad you one of those? I think Dad's been a sun cream refuser for years. Oh, Bob, and, come on. And Bob does not have the sort of the Mediterranean spec complexion where it can absorb such things yeah. and sort of be a bit more forgiving and oily. Yeah. He's, not, he's not that guy. No. Um, In I fact, mean, my dad's... It, bless him, I love you, Dad. Your ears are a little bit like the Boxster that we saw on the street earlier on. <laughs> yeah, the door mirrors on that Yeah, the door mirrors. It's gone all sort of scabby. And... Anyway, um, also, well, since we've talked about your dad, because your dad is one of the few people who is is on our guests' exceptions list. Uh, we can never remember. We should write this down. With Lewis Hamilton, Sade. Sade. Uh, your dad, Bob. My dad. Uh, we've also added uh, Alana Scher, who we had on last week, to the list because... Yeah. Um, She's genuinely listened to the to the podcast, which is very sweet. Hi, Alana. Uh, but also, she asked if she could because she didn't get along with us 
because she had to go off to that seminar thing and uh, and we wish we could have had more time with her on the show so she's officially now on the guest exception just if we ever find ourselves in Los Angeles we will we'll be well back. yeah we were talking about this when we were walking down the street it'd be like really cool to go to the um LA show or something because we do we know sort of a lot of people we know and like would be in time yeah but anyway well, it begs the we question dream. it begs the question if comments please if you're an American listener to this podcast if we were to try and organise like a little live event off of America would you come Obviously, I don't expect you to. I don't expect if you're from Kansas to just pop over to Florida. Well, I don't know. But, I, I, but sometimes uh, American people do because flying, I suppose, is relatively cheap. I'm saying this. I don't actually know if it is. Are they weird? Oh, hang on. I, did, I got a flight. I got a flight internally in the US at Christmas because we went from LA to Phoenix. I just can't remember how much it cost. I mean, it wasn't like five quid, but I don't think it was insanely expensive because... People need to get around, don't they? Because it's a family. It's coming up to Thanksgiving, isn't it? Next, uh, when's that? May, May. November. Um, yeah, people fly around. So, I don't know. Well, anyway, yeah, it's a good question. If we came over here and did a live show, trouble is it would be like, where do we do it? And But these are all the things we can discuss. It's assuming anyone would want to, actually want to. Yeah. Well, I mean, we thought that about the UK shows, no people. Anyway, um, what else is going on? Did we? Oh yeah, we saw. I'm probably I've put a picture of this already on the socials. I don't know. I haven't decided yet because it's too good to not share. Is that we were walking down the street and we saw a sweet, sweet prelude. Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> really tidy. Sweet, yeah. It but was. It was mint. Made us realise how good cars look with no front number plates oh, sometimes, and this you, one didn't have. A you Americans have got it so lucky in certain states, of course. I don't understand how it works in California. I'm sure someone will write I think apparently sense. somebody said to me recently that you are supposed to have a plate yes, on, but they yes. sort of don't care enough to bother you. This is what I think I've been told. Um, yeah. Because in modern, all like new cars seem to have front plates now. Yeah. Pretty much. But you do see a lot of cars without, maybe sort of older, or I don't know. I'm very jealous. There are some states where I think you're allowed just to not. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm very jealous. I don't know which ones those are. Because <clears> but... Um, yeah, it looks so clean, doesn't it? Particularly the Prelude, because it's got that nice sort of it's eagle those, it's, eye front. Yeah, it's those inlets ne- next to the headlights. And without a plate on it, it mm. makes every car look more squat and wider, which I'm very glad about. Uh, I know, I know. I get, uh, which states require a front license plate? That's what those planes going over here. So. Oh, yeah, Arizona, because I know this because it's where my wife's from. So you hear that plane? Yeah. It just sounds like someone swinging overhead with a trombone. Going, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, now this says it is illegal to drive without a front license plate in the following states California, number one. So, I guess people just choose to flaunt the law because they're not going to get pulled for it. It's just a sort of minor, it looks like it's about a sort of half and half split. So states where you aren't required to have a front license plate, Alaska, Arizona, Alabama, Arkansas, Delaware, Florida, lots of them, really. Michigan, which is so interesting. It's probably not interesting. Uh, un- un- interesting. But anyway, yeah, a, a sweet, sweet prelude without a front plate is a clean-looking car. We've just realised that the, on the flight home in a couple of hours from mm. now for us, we're going to be on the same flight as David Piper, aren't we? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine Porsche 917s. Well, and also, of course, Andy Green, who and we were on the flight out with. <laughs> he's, he's there. Him so now I'm hoping I'm in a position where I can see Andy Green for takeoff so I can observe what you observed on the way out. It was brilliant. Eagle-eyeing the flaps and stuff. <laughs> it, was, I don't know. it was wonderful. We did realise, oh, God, this is sort of name-dropping now, but while we were having our coffee sitting outside in the, in the shopping precincts, uh, Andy Green and his wife walked past and went, oh, hello. And so we had a brief chat. We did. And um, they were lovely. They're, yeah, they're very, very nice people. And yeah. I said, it'd be really nice to be, I bet they'd be good neighbours to have. Yeah. And then Rich was like, but you wouldn't cross them. Well, I think that's the thing. I think they, you know, they they wouldn't tolerate you just... Being a toss. Being a twat. If you were a bad neighbour, I think you would find out pretty quickly that the Greens weren't going to tolerate that. But if you were a good neighbour, I'd like to think that yeah. I am. You think you're a good neighbour? I think I'm all right. I think I'm all right. I, I, I care about my neighbours. 
Yes. I do care about them. I think I annoy my neighbours because I have too many cars sometimes. Well, and some might say that it's irritating to periodically pressure wash a car at about quarter past ten at night. Yes, that is irritating. Yeah, that was done. That was done fairly recently. What, yeah. so full, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. At quarter past ten. Yeah. Yeah. But I did try and cloak... I tried to cloak the culture. With what? I turned it. I, I I put it around the corner from next door's house, and I and I cloaking. You know, culture. like a you know, like a windbreak type thing. I managed. Yeah. To, I I held I held up a couple of towels on like a small frame. Yeah. So it would deflect the sound, but I also I, I didn't run it on full boost. I ran it on sort of half boost. Mm. So you don't get that really intense. Are you sure? I don't think the noise difference is that great, is it, between full and half? Is it? Well, look, if you're listening, Derek, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry about that. It's uh, a bit, mm, no, okay. and I also it's that whole thing. We've done it. We've told talked about it before, but like you know, midnight detailing mm. seems like an amazing idea. And you think that you've done a brilliant job. It's, mm. it's an absolute 50-50 whether you have. Mm. But also, as I was walking around the car pressure washing it, it, rem- it was a full moon, I think, and quite warm. But I was stepping on lots of snails. Oh. So as I was walking around blasting, I could hear the crunch of death. I really hate stepping on snails. I hate stepping on snails. I just, I just, I just, it's also a, a small pang of guilt every time. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously the stupid fuckers could get off my back path if they don't want to be stepped on when it's dark but you know it is like a horrible snails. feeling snails are cool no they are cool they're, um, like, they're like friendly camper vans whereas slugs unfortunately just look like poos pricks <laughs> do you know what i have to say this listeners as we were walking around near the bay this morning just admiring i don't know uh the views and the sea smell Rich, rich, <laughs> rich, rich stared. We're on that pier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rich stared at a seagull that was just stood there kind of minding its own business. And what did you say to it? Was that the one I called a twat? Yes. <laughs> and then you took a picture of it. It's like you, you know, were so annoyed such, with it. They're such cocky twats, aren't they? And they just, I, I don't, it's like I said to you, I, I like birds generally now. And I think something like owls or even, you know, robins or... or is it just the, you know kind of there's a there's a buzzard that swoops over our house yeah. and you yeah. hear it yeah quite a haunting sound sometimes but it's a beautiful thing I just love seeing it and those are the good birds and you think we've got to respect those look out for them because yeah, Robin if you're not Towns. careful yeah yeah the good guys uh, there's a real chance that the sort of suddenly they they die out because we as humankind have done some idiotic thing that's that's damaged their habitat or their ability to survive. We've got to look out for the birds. Gulls, I don't give a toss. You just know they're not going away <laughs> because they're scavengers, they're opportunists and they're pricks. And there's no way. Just like you, I, as I said to you, I was like, I would love to just be able to kick a gull off that pier because you know that A, it would be all right. Because they're, they're big bastards, aren't they? But they also, are. even if you kill the gull, and I'm not suggesting killing wildlife, but but even if one were to become killed, like that, my mate who went on a French exchange <laughs> stayed with a really rich family who had a boat. Oh, I got this story. <laughs> and they went out to sea on the boat and they were having loads of food out on the deck and they had chicken legs. And he threw a big chicken bone into the sea because that's what everyone else was doing. And this huge gull swooped down from the mast, grabbed the bone, and as it flew back to the mast, my mate Dave noticed it. The bone seemed to be sort of sticking at, like it was a big lump on the side of the gull's neck. And it, was, <laughs> it then became clear the gull was choking. And then the gull collapsed and fell off the mast, bounced off the deck of the boat in a huge cloud of feathers and plopped into the sea. And all the French family were turning around going, oh, qu'est-ce que c'est, qu'est-ce que c'est? Dave felt so guilty that he couldn't admit that he knew exactly what had happened. And it made a right mess of their boat because there were feathers everywhere. But that's the thing. So if a, if a gull dies, it's okay. There's plenty of gulls to spare, so I have no sympathy for We don't gulls. hate gulls, uh, but crows are cooler. Because yeah. crows are street, crows are intelligent and streetwise. Yeah. Gulls are just streetwise. Yeah, say. that's the thing. They're a bit. I, I said, are gulls thick? I think probably are. Quite <laughs> thick, I mean, there's sort of there's, there's something sort of perversely impressive about a really big gull because you just go fucking hell. Look at that absolute <laughs> unit of a gull. Nobody, nobody looks at gulls like that. <laughs> do you think nobody. I look at gulls a bit much? You do. You're a gull looker. Gulls, gulls, gulls. Gulls. Anyway. Looking for a good time. <laughs> I, I I wanted to talk about um, driving stick shift. Yes. Um, 
the prelude that we saw this morning didn't have it had an an impressively girthed cobra head auto shifter wasn't it yeah yeah i took a picture i don't think i don't know how good it is but um i was talking to the sort of shuttle bus driver coming back from wren's spouts um last night Oh, was that? I went into standby mode. Yeah, yeah. Rich fell asleep with his mouth open. But it wasn't sort of proper. I was just like, because I could still kind of hear your voices, but 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 like they were very far away, even though they were. It was. I just. I was, I had a sudden attack of tiredness. He, he was. We were talking about the youth of America being getting enthused about manual gearboxes again, probably as a result of um, uh, import tuning culture. Oh. Oh, see, I probably was asleep then because I don't remember any of that. Oh, you prunt. Well, um, he said. He said, "Yeah, I, I learned to." I, I learned to drive manual uh, as a a fourteen year old, oh. and he said my grandpa ran a, um, a, a a garage repair shop in I think where was he where was he born and bred it was it it was Florida wasn't it he was, he was from, from he was from Florida yeah because yeah. you know, that that conversation I do remember about the weirdness of Florida yeah and he was saying that as someone who lives there. Yeah, so he said, "Oh yeah, um, he, my my grandpa insisted that I learn manual shift because he said you might as well." And he had a like a, a bad trade-in car that was not particularly precious. And yeah. It was a Renault Le Car, and he said, "I yes, no, I do remember." He that. said, "I drove he, in, in his own words." He said, "Ah, you know, it was an, it was a funny little piece of shit, but it it it, it kind of took the punishment." And he said, "Grandpa was quite laid back and just used to let me drive it out on the road at night." <laughs> so he learned, yeah, he learned learned to drive, and it made me think: how many Le Cars are left in America? Because oh, when, when did Renault exit America? Nineties. Um, well, it, they as themselves, I think probably eighties. But then they Renault-based cars were sold here as Eagles through Chrysler dealers. Eagles. So there was the Eagle Premier, and what were the the Renault Nine, the Renault Eleven were were Eagles. I can't remember what they were called. They called the Alliance. American oh, yeah, it, listeners it was it was the it was the alliance. I've heard of the alliance. Yeah, um, I'm just looking up. Is that definitely Chrysler? Yeah, it was because because you know Renault and Chrysler were um, uh, sort of united, and um, then there was so the Renault 21 and the Renault 25 were rebodied. The Eagle Premier, I think, was the Renault 25 underneath, but with a Giro designed, quite bland body that sort of looked like a Hyundai or something at the time. But so yeah, they probably didn't actually leave until the nineties. But when would that? Have? I don't know. Anyway, it was because it was all the kind of the AMC connection, and then the, it's that's exactly. Um, I was just looking up the the legal driving age in different U.S. states because quite a few states it's sixteen. I thought that some of them it was younger, but actually it's, you can get it says here minimum age for a learner's permit in Alaska or Arkansas or uh, Iowa or Kansas, and there's a few of them. It's fourteen, so you can what? start learning when you're fourteen in those states. And then there's some really weird ones: minimum age for a full driver's license. In Alaska, it's 16 and a half. What? Same in Arizona, 16 and a half. But you can, but you can drive with, the, with the, an adult in the passenger seat. So, I mean, Arizona here is a case of This half thing is baffling. I'm going to have to ask my wife if she knows why this is, because it, it seems just odd. But Arizona, you can have a learner's permit when you're 15 and a half. And you can have a full driving license when you're 16 and a half. That's so young. It is, isn't it? But then you see, just because it's a big place, you need to get around. Public transport is pretty shit. So I guess it's just, it's almost like, it's just, you need it, don't you? How do you get insurance if you're 14 driving a truck? But insurance is different here because it's the car that's insured, not the driver. Oh, yeah. So when my wife lived here, she she used to, to, I'd come over and see her and I'd just borrow her. Did you? Nissan Xterra. Is that what she had? Yeah. I was going to say something like that. I told you about my wife's Nissan Xterra. No. But she, that thing. Nissan. Nissan. Um, that generally people here want to go into a car dealership and leave with a new car. Yeah. It's, it's, it tends to be sort of, you know, much more sort of. They won't, they won't wait. They won't order and wait. It's not the no, culture. No, they certainly is it? don't wait. No. No. Don't order. Although um, it certainly wasn't. It wasn't, and it even wasn't for Porsche. The US was the only market where Porsche dealers held stock. That's changed. They decided, and the rest of the world, you know, they liked the order thing because it was like, you know, a Porsche should be a special mm. purchase. Mm. And 
so the ordering and waiting was part of the sort of foreplay of the ownership experience, you know, you build up the excitement. It didn't work here originally. And then what they've done now is they have moved to that model because they have a whole online system where you can kind of watch your car being built and get updates and stuff like that. And uh, it makes it more exciting. It's making me excited just listening to that. Well, imagine you sort of being able to, I don't know, I guess they've got cameras on the production line. They get told when yours is coming down. I don't know. Um, Because I could order a purposely like damaged GT3 Touring. You know when you you can order paint by sample and all that shizzle? Yes. Oh, those, oh. that lovely thing we've been given. Oh, sweet, sweet. We've been given these. I'll, 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 I might do a, again, I'll probably put this on social media by the time this goes out. But there's yeah, this, this beautiful little box and you open it up and then it's just got a, a very thick, what it's like, what, probably... Two inches thick? Yeah. It's a, a swatches of all the paint to sample colours in the current range. It's an exquisite item. It is a sweet, sweet collectible. Yeah. I suppose, yes, I suppose it is collectible, isn't it? Mm. Um uh, so, because I, I noticed it's got not for resale put on the box on the bottom, but um, no, I'm we won't, and we won't be just, selling just it. Just look at it we'll like a weirdo. Get, so the, um, the person from Porter who gave it to me went, "Is this something you would like?" And I was like, "Yes, yes, it don't is. judge me." But you already know I'm a bit strange. It's um, a you know, if anyone's a, a designer or anything like that, it's like a Pantone. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah. The, it's those Pantone swatches that a lot of graphic designers use, and uh, yeah. or if you go into a shop and you want to paint your wall, yes. your decorating shop, yeah. um, and, all, and all of that. Well, I, saw, I was wondering if you could take the, that and go, do you know what, I would like my sitting room wall to be oak green. You could take it down to a paint matching place and have them match a Porsche colour to a paint for the wall. Of course you could. You could be that guy. Quite exciting. Have your whole house done in Porsche paint to sample colours. Talking of which, look, I know we're talking about Porsches again. My ghetto, uh, yeah. my ghetto Boxster, that's not as ghetto as it probably ought to be. Yeah. Um, I, I'm convinced the only major issue is this is this module uh, under the passenger seat, which has been water damaged. I know that. And I've been doing some investigation. I think I can get it fully sorted rely, by a reliable source for 500 sheets, which yeah. still keeps it a bargain Boxster. Yeah. But I had a few listeners uh, and people on social media through our Instagram saying, Sounds like a job for non-stop talking, John, the auto oh. electrician. And I and, and it probably is. Mm. But it would mean I would have to I'd have to properly communicate with non-stop talking John on that side of things. Yeah. And um who hasn't featured on the podcast for a long time, I know. No. Well, um, like, but here he is back again uh, like with the Renegade Master. And the problem you would have is that if you did that Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Would you then have to feature him in I would, video? I would have to video him doing some you know, fettling. Content, content, content. And yeah. then people in the comments would just all comment oh, on that side of things. On that side of things. And then John yeah. would go, oh, Johnny's put up a video that I'm in. Oh, look, I'm on the, on the YouTube. And he would look it up and then he would look at the comments and he'd go, why is everyone just saying on that side of things in the comments? And then he would realise and then he'd be on to us and then we'd be yeah. in trouble. I know, and, yeah. and he's a lovely guy. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Just, he is a sweet, sweet imagine guy. Imagine if you didn't realise that you unwittingly kept saying the same thing and then you found out that two pricks on the podcast sold T-shirts with that thing that you said on the front. <laughs> How would you feel? Stop it, because I, I, I do feel guilty on a regular basis. We're clear that his name isn't John, isn't it? That's the thing you oh, his name's not John. changed his name to protect him. But yeah, yeah. So. his name's Daryl. <laughs> so thanks. So, but non non-stop talking, John. Uh, he is he's the master of of any electrical gremlin. 
of which that's exactly what the Porsche has. Well, this could be your DEFCON 1, then. If, if it's not the module, or the module replacement or fix doesn't entirely solve the issue, then is that when you have to fire up non-stop talking John? Yeah, it, it NSTJ. is. NSTJ. Yeah, and I will see if I can video him. And if he does, I mean, chances are, it's like an electrical fault for a car. You'll take it into the garage and go, it won't stop doing this. <laughs> and you take it to the garage and it doesn't do it at all for weeks. And yeah, they go, do yeah, you know yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. We've run it through all the checks. Bloody thing's fine. I feel like if I was to video non-stop talking John, yeah, he, he probably he, he won't he won't <laughs> say on that side of things, and then the world will think that I'm a fibbing fibber. I suppose the other way of doing it is just that you have to lean into it and accept it, and so that every time he says it, if he does on camera, you just have a little counter in the corner, <laughs> like a tally. Yes. Oh, that's up. Yeah, that's up, um, John. What was I saying? For? Oh no, I was going to say the story about my wife's Nissan Xterra. Though it's not a very interesting story, but it's just that I remember the first time that I got in it, and I was like, "What the hell is this car?" Because it had no central locking, no electric windows. It was incredibly basic. That sounds brilliant. Well, was it nineties? The two thousands. It was an almost new car. What? Yeah. So well, I started dating my wife in like two thousand six. Yeah, it was, it was like a year old or something. Bloody hell. I know, I didn't think you could buy cars that basic. Not in the States, no. Certainly. And um, what had happened is she'd gone to the dealership and in the accepted American way, she was imagining she would go home with a brand new car. And they had two Xterras ready to go, a blue one and a black one. The blue one was quite a nice spec and had all the stuff you'd want on it. Because central locking is very convenient, let's not forget. It's it a is. a nice thing to have. Yeah. Uh, but she really wanted a black one, so she took the black one, even though it was absolute base spec. And presumably the dealer was thinking, I'm never going to shift this fucking thing because it's just no... I wonder if it's still around. Uh, I don't know. I mean... I... My ki- my kids, when I when I take them out in my Beetle, uh, and other cars, but it's... When I unlock the driver's door with a key, obviously, they are banging and pulling and banging and pulling on the passenger door. Yeah, yeah, And then going, open it. I'm going, I've got to get in it to open it because it doesn't have a key hole on the passenger side. Yeah. You have to go in and pull the lift the knob. That's, I, that annoys me. You know, some cars have single point entry. So, you know, know, any driver's door and then you actually double clip. And I always... I treat it like some kind of like a cowboy in a quick draw contest, trying to double clip before my shoulders start going to the door handles and things because it really annoys me. Same as in our Range Rover, it auto locks as you drive off. Yes, quite a common feature in cars the last twenty years. Yeah. Somehow, my nine nine seven was the same. Auto locks when you drive off, but now generally, when you stop and put a modern car into park, or maybe when you turn off the engine. Generally, they're programmed to auto unlock, mm-hmm. and it feels like that's a feature they didn't think of when they first developed auto drive away locking. And so, both of the two thousands cars that I've owned that did that didn't auto unlock when you pulled up. And it <laughs> it's so pedantic that it really annoys me because my wife still hasn't caught. Well, she knows what's going on, but basically in the Range Rover, so that so you pull the interior door handle once, and that just unlocks, and the pin goes up on the door yeah. sill, and then you have to pull it again. Again, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happens is we stop, and my, if you don't do anything, my wife then sort of basically she feels like she just starts yanking at the handle really aggressively. <laughs> it annoys the shit out of me, but not enough to mention it because I don't want to get divorced. So what I do is I have to I try and go for the unlock button as quickly as possible before she can get the door. Handle. It's like fastest finger first. Yes, it's a quick draw contest, but she doesn't know she's in it. Well, it's 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 it, it car exit um, quick draw game show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only her because the kids uh, there's child locks on the back so they, you know, they're not playing the game they will one day I imagine fastest finger on the buzzers and all that yeah yeah, yeah it's, I, it, it, my, my boy actually because he's nine now has asked if we can take the child locks off his side because he feels like he's grown up enough now to be trusted which yeah. is fine but he's also asked if I can um, I can stop isolating the windows in the back which oh, I yeah. sort of do because they, <clears throat> there comes a point where inevitably they start dicking around with them. Well, at least his sister will because she's six. Yeah. And she's a fiddler as well. Yeah. 
She is an instinctive fiddler. With I'm honestly, with, you know, my wife lost a, a credit card the other day, and we're convinced that our daughter just has probably just picked it up and walked off with it, put it somewhere else. Oh God, she's a little magpie. She's a fiddler and a magpie. Have you have you when when electric windows were novel? Yeah. Did you ever used to do electric window drag racing with a friend or, a, or your brother? He says, <laughs> you got a brother, I got a brother. So you put them you put them both down. Or obviously they were both up, and you'd count yourself in, yeah, and then press, and then see which one reached the no the well, waistline. We, well, we never had a car with electric windows in the back growing up. Neither did we. So we oh, used to was... do it in friends' cars, uh, and see. then quietly drive the mum or the dad absolutely yeah, mad. Yeah. Oh, well, they, they'd be a telling off quite quickly if that was my car. I don't. I can't be doing that. Yeah. Uh, no, we didn't. We did it because we'd had a. When we, my dad got a Talbot Solara GLS in 1981 that had front electric windows. Ooh la la. Did, did it? Yes. Yes, it did. And, so you could wind down the roof. windows and hear the hideous sound the t- of the engines. <laughs> the tattiness. No, that was fine. Enough of that leaked through the dashboard to keep you going. But, uh, it was a very noisy car. I remember because we were talking before about my Uncle Alwyn, my godfather, who was uh, a Volvo man for a long time and covered the stereo with a cloth when he left his Volvo's park. Incredible. <laughs> Suddenly that. went BMW and went um, E34 535i. So, which, and I remember getting, we went to see uh, my Uncle Alwyn and, and got a lift in his, in his BMW and I couldn't believe how quiet it was. It was like I thought my hearing had gone. And then getting back into Dad's Solara and going, yeah. fuck, this yeah. car is so noisy. Thankfully, it was switched, switched to a 405 quite soon afterwards. That and that was back into electric windows, in fact, because that's it. We the, the Solara GLS went and was replaced with a, a, a lower-spec Solara that had windy windows again. And it felt like, oh, God, we've gone backwards. Solara. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, not to be not to be confused, and we've said this before, with the Toyota Solara yes. in, in the states here, which I did see a convertible go past the hotel window this morning. That's a an unhappily proportioned car. <laughs> it, is, it, it, it is an unhappily proportioned. Oh, I was going to look this up actually. The, the, what did we? See? It looks like an artisan soap. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's just the front's sort of okay in a generic nineties Toyota sort of way, and then the back just goes. It, it absolutely just, does. Yeah. It's like it's like John Travolta introducing Adina Menzel <laughs> yeah, yeah. So right at the Please end. Please welcome the gorgeously empowered, wickedly talented Toyota. <laughs> we had a Solara Coupe as the original reasonably priced car on one of the pilots of Top Gear USA. Really? I can't remember which one. Anyway, and it was a, yeah... And it turned up, I think two turned up, it was amazing because it was a pilot. They somehow persuaded Toyota to, to supply two. Well, maybe it was for the series. Did it give us the se- I don't know. Anyway, no, there was no series at that point. So they supplied two, and I think they'd been caged up, so there was quite a bit of money spent. I wonder if they still exist. Well, the thing is, they were brand new cars, and it was deemed that they looked too nice. I can't remember what the, the feature was renamed. I'm sure it was renamed something. It wasn't Star in a Reasonably Priced Car. Oh, really? It was something else. I forget now. And uh, Famous person in an OK automobile? Yeah. It might have been average cars. There was probably a lot of where, if they got Toyota to supply cars, they probably had some kind of like, well, we have to say something that's not insulting to the car, even though I think reasonably priced is not, not insulting. But, no, no. Um, so, yeah, they, they were deemed to be too shiny and nice. And so they did this. I had nothing to do with this. I didn't. I, I was unaware of it until it was too late. And I kind of went, oh, no, this is shit. Because they, they tried to make them look crap. So they covered them in dirt. But you can always tell when a car's been artificially covered in dirt. Hollywood dust. It's Hollywood dust, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then they, like, they did things like took one of the front indicators out. What, the brand new car yeah, supplied yeah. by Toyota yeah. must have been so upset. Well, that's what I thought. I can't remember how this went down. But, but it, yeah, they just, A, they just looked artificially shitted up and it was no good. And B, the, uh, the uh, Toyota would have probably been furious that they'd made their brand new cars look like the indicators fall out or something. So, yeah, it's weird. I've forgotten about that until now. But, yeah, the Solara was at some point supposed to be reached for a car. What I was looking up here, though, was that car we saw this morning on the street, which was uh, the Mazda CX-90. The big, huge thing, huge big SUV that's, yeah. um, that's sold here. 
that is, again, is not a good bit of design. Certainly not by Mazda standards. They're usually pretty good these days. No, it's a very slabby front end. And it was, parked, it was street parked right behind a Range Rover Spower. No, that was that Kia we saw, which we just like... Oh, sorry. An extremely generic car that we couldn't quite... I can't remember what that Kia was called. The Solange or something. It's called a Retardo, wasn't it? Or a... Selvi. It was called called a something. I'll have to look that up in a second. I was just going to say, I've just realised from looking at the Mazda website, the CX-90, apart from the fact that side on its proportions are a bit cack, it's got that new um, Mazda inline six. It's got a straight six. Straight straight six. Which is... Yeah, let's have a look. Kia USA. Yeah, we saw this parked behind a, an original shape Range Rover Spowl. We saw um, a, a Kia, a small Kia SUV that just looks absolutely like some generic car. Is it Salsa? Kia Salsa? I don't know. Sal- Salo, Salo, Saliva? Kia. Saliva. <laughs> Seltos, I found it. Seltos? Seltos, which does... Oh, Seltos. <laughs> what, as in, Seltos. What, as in selling tos? Yes. Would you like some tos? <laughs> <laughs> selling... Off. Do you know how much the Kia Soul cost in the United States? No, I'm, because it's another Kia. No, because I don't really know about. I mean, I don't, I don't keep track of US car prices, but what you don't? No, I, 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 I simply don't. Uh, you can have a Soul for uh, nineteen thousand nine hundred and ninety dollars. That sounds cheap. It does, doesn't it? Let's have a look. I don't know what the exchange rate you've, any good at the moment. You've just reminded me, Mike Musto from from Hemmings, who was a, a guest on the last podcast. Yes, he um. <clears throat> I was talking to him about my element. Yeah. Because I saw one on the street and got excited. And he went, dude, have you seen how much low mileage, really clean elements go for in the States now? And I went, I've got no idea. He went, like, 25 grand. Oh. He said 20 to 25. Because they're, A, they all get used and thrown away. No, they get used hard because mm. they're so practical. But B, owners of elements want another element. They, want, oh, okay. they, they, yeah, they just yeah. want they're another just, one. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they wear one out and go, I have to find one. Yeah. I know they're worth it. Like so my said, friend Hannah, who just keeps buying Ford cars, like original shape. Yeah. Because she just always had them and she loves them. And it's like, but then they, they rot and go wrong, you know. Yeah. And so when they come to the point where they're not replaceable or not, not serviceable. It's exactly she, that. She puts in a remarkable amount of effort to finding tidy, tidy yeah. cat to replace it. Can you imagine if that was... Imagine if that was like a legal requirement. So whatever car, let's say your second, not your first car, but let's say whatever your second car was. Yeah. You have to, by law, Mm. keep driving that car for the rest of your life. (laughs) Yeah, but what if you have a family? Your first car was a Cinquecento. Then then tough titty. Oh. You just have to do it. So what was your second car? Uh... Fuck, what was my second car? Oh, actually, you know what? My second car that I actually bought was Rover 75. Oh, very practical family machine. It's for the second week running we're talking about the Rover 75. Oh, gosh, no. Which I have no problem with whatsoever, but, uh, you know, I'm just saying. And mine was a very, very bad condition 1973 VW panel van. Oh, my God. Two. Well, there you go. I mean, what um, are you going to do? Transport your children around in a very, very bad condition VW Type 2? You can modify it a bit. I'd put seats in it. I can make... Uh, I'll, I'll cut some windows out so they can see so right. it's less kidnappy um, um, and before I forget the uh, so the price of a Kia Soul in British pounds would be about 16,300 quid that's well what the cheapest car cheapest car in Britain is about 14 at the moment it is yeah they? yeah we it's, talked about that didn't we a few yeah. months ago it's now someone pointed this out we thought it's the Kia uh, sorry the um, Dacia Sandero but it might not be Oh. No, I didn't actually. Well, I can't remember what it is now. Is it, it's not an MG, is it? Uh, yes, it might be the MG3, that's right. Or it might even be the Hyundai i10 or something is around. I can't remember now. Um, the Kia Picanto, which is a pretty little car. I know we've said that before. Uh, I like the Picanto. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's, it's also, it sort of feels quite high quality for... A small car. It's like it's got it's got VW up vibes about it in terms of big car feeling. Up, small vi- <laughs> up vibes. Up vibes. Hi. Up vibes. It sounds like um, uh, what, what do we describe the music as last night? We went to a party last night. Uh, oh yeah, we did. And uh, and there was no food. 
Actually, there was some food. There was food, but, but not it was, enough. Well, we should have known this because it was billed as light bites. It was and light bites, and I was effing hungry. You were so hungry that you actually left to try and go to a restaurant. I had. <laughs> I had, came back because they stopped serving. I was furious they'd stopped serving food. I'd had five cocktails, and I was absolutely Hank Marvin. <laughs> Uh, now, just I, I am talking shit because actually the i10 starts at fifteen thousand four hundred twenty quid, so it's not that's not quite there as a cheap cheapest car in Britain. But um, I think yeah, you're right. MG3 I think just maybe is is vying with the Sandero for much cheapness. It made me realise though, talking to Americans uh, and in fact um, that chap from Porsche who is German and lives in Germany and was talking about the price of used cars there, that we are very lucky in the UK. Yeah, we are. I know recently used cars, were probably since COVID times, have become more expensive, but we still, we're still pretty much, you know. Which is unusual given that there are a lot of cars in Britain. We know that, 40 million or so. But, um, there's more cars here in the States. Well, this is what always baffles me about There's it. got to be more cars in Germany than... Uh, isn't there more cars in Germany well, than Britain? I, t- I, t- I suppose it's, sort of the, the, it's how many cars are there relative to how many people of driving age. Yeah. And I don't know that. But... Sorry, there's a, someone cycling past on a trombone. Again. Yeah. <laughs> um, it could be someone from Madness. It's, no, it's the yeah, it's saxophonist from Madness. Yeah, He's dangling from a crate. <laughs> <laughs> dressed as a dragonfly, and he's just blowing gently into his. <laughs> Stop it! I've always got this. I've always got such a vivid image whenever you start talking about one of the members of Madness. Well, only that member of Madness, because he's the only absolute <laughs> oh. lunatic. What's that? Oh, I thought that was the member of Madness sort of oh. stepping it up on the tuba or whatever he was on. I'm just for the sake of trying to pretend to be a journalist, I've just looked this up. The Sandero starts at 13795, the MG3 13820. Shit. So there's 25 quid in it. <laughs> Can um, you imagine if you went into a dealer and went, if you knock off 25 quid, I'm going <laughs> to buy this MG3. And, the, and, and they just go, no, 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 I'm not. And no. they go, all right, okay, my, this is my last offer. I want, I want mats. Both my children want MG key rings. Uh, my wife wants a massive latte. <laughs> what are you going to do? And they just go, no, I'm already selling enough. Yeah, so, well, it's a, probably the dealer's margin is 17 quid. So they <laughs> it, does, it does break the question. It does break the question. But it is, I mean, this is, a, it is puzzling that um, cars in Britain... Well, not that cars in Britain, are, second-hand cars are seemingly quite affordable compared to a lot of other countries, but yeah. the, the cars, second-hand cars in the US aren't cheaper because, yeah, it feels like they've just got loads of them. Mm. And they don't have... No, is this what... I can't quite figure this out, the logic of this. I'm tired. They don't have MOTs generally. Well, certainly a lot of states, they don't have MOTs. Like, yeah. You can pretty much run your car forever. I don't, you see Into some the ground. horrors yeah. that wouldn't be road legal in Britain. But you, so the MOT weeds out a lot of stragglers. Mm. So you think that would drive prices up? Mm. And yet, because we have a minimum standard. Yeah, and I mean, so I just don't. This bit it does actually baffle me a little bit how we got to this point. I'm not complaining. I think it really no, no, realised having wonderful. chatted, particularly ch- chatting to the chap from Porsche who's telling us about his Mini Cooper S, like the original supercharged. One and uh, how much he paid for that, and how much certain other kind of quite desirable cars of the last twenty years are worth in Germany. I kind of went, shit. Particularly because we were talking about boxers, weren't we? It's like yeah. he was just like, you could not get what you've got. No, he was shocked for that money. Yeah. And oh, hello. There's some oh, at the door. Hang on a sec. <laughs> uh, not, not now, thank you. Sorry. Hello. Hi there. Sorry. Can you today? Yeah, we're leaving in uh, fifteen minutes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm having a shit. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, That's how pro we are. Yes. How how many other car podcasters have a live chat with uh, housekeeping? housekeeping? Oh, I forgot to say, I know it's still a bit polshy. Yes. Uh, we got really close to Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, we did, didn't we? I don't think we mentioned it. No, before. and, oh, this just in, cheapest new car in Britain. Oh, gosh, here we It go. might be the Kia Picanto, 13665. That's a, and that is a good car. Yeah, so that's undercutting. 
130 quid. Is that a... Yeah. Well, hang on, no. It's all these, like, these are wafer thin. Yeah, but like 130 quid gets you a pair of Nike Air Jordans. Yeah, it does. I'm not sniffing, I'm saying 130 quid. 130 quid, quid gets you an, a, a, a really impressive sit-down curry night for four, five, six, six. Which, which curry house are you going to? Oh, the hell? Prices of food's gone up. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Like a decent curry house with some cobras. I don't mean cobra heads, I mean drinks. Yeah. But six. how many? Four peoples. Okay, yeah, six, yeah, right. Four, yeah. four no, with well, booze, six without booze. I haven't been for a sit-down curry for ages. No, no, they're making I. me want to sit down curry. Yeah, me too. Which was a big pointless. We were talking to Brits who live over here in the past few days, and, and who was it? I can't remember who was saying. It's like, I haven't had a decent Mr. curry Joe. since I've lived here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's lived here for what, three or four years, haven't had a decent curry since no, I've lived here, because no. it's just not the same. And uh, So, yeah, we saw Jerry Seinfeld... At, at Renspoltz. Yes. And um, you noticed impressively white trainers. It's the first thing I spotted. Yeah, it was. It was the first. It was the, it was the trainer and Chino combo, wasn't it? Or was it jeans? Oh. I, I think th- it was Chino. I think I was just... I was so magnetically drawn to the bright white trainers. I think it was Chino's. I think, yeah, yeah he'd gone chin- chinois yeah. for Renspoltz. And then, uh, yeah, he's in. But it was because... Like, and then he was sitting in the hospitality thing, which we were allowed into... But it felt like it wasn't appropriate to just sit and start bothering him and shoving a microphone in no. his nose. So we sort of left him. I be. desperately wanted to have a photo with him. But... Oh, we haven't mentioned Thierry Bootsen either. <laughs> <laughs> Thierry Bootsen's sockless loafer <laughs> combo, which was a joy to behold. And also, they were giving out flags, a Porsche flags to wave around. I, for stole, some reason. I stole three. You stole three. Bootsen suddenly appeared with about 20 under his arm. Like, what are you up to, Bootsen? Maybe he's going to fashion them into socks. I think he's going to litter his back garden with them uh, so that every morning he opens the blinds and looks at, looks down the garden and it's like a, a ceremonial display. Wait a sec, though. Maybe he's got a badger problem. Ah. Because one of our neighbours has badgers come through our garden and they, they, they are twats. They do dig up the lawn. I mean, I'm not, strong. I have nothing else against patches. I think they're magnificent creatures. Well, you just but. called them twats. Yeah, I not twats like girls are twats. They're just, it's a bit of a bastard when they make huge holes in your lawn. But, you know, it's yeah. like they're not doing it out of spite, their badges. They're, they're, just they're looking, for, they're looking for food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a very reasonable thing for a creature to do. So um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the some people on our street trying to stop them doing it. They put little um, windmills, you know, those little, like, shiny windmills. Yeah. Like kids' ones, all across their lawn. There's some logic that the badgers get sort of spooked by that. Well, they'll make a little rattle, probably as well. Yeah, maybe. I think it's also because someone else I know once tried to get stop badgers digging at their lawn by putting, uh, you know, sort of like a litre of soft drink bottle. Yeah. Half filling it with water, taking the label off, yeah, and just lying it on its side. And supposedly, and this might be horse shit because I don't think it worked, that the water reflects or catch moonlight. And it just shimmers slightly, and that just and freaks out the badgers. Yeah, they're just catching little bits of them. shiny, shiny wimbles the same. But maybe Porsche flags are the same. Right. You got two dozen Porsche flags across your lawn. Yeah. Well, I've only stolen two um, purely because I'm going to I'm going to sellotape them onto the front wings of my ghetto box. Yes. To look like a diplomat. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to be a diplomat. Stuttgart, Stuttgart diplomat. I'm mayor of Stuttgart, so yeah. And they'll go, Court, you didn't think he could have picked a better condition Porsche, do you? <laughs> well, maybe he's saving taxpayers' money. He absolutely is. Yeah. That's what he's doing. Are you going to gaff them, or would you go... Because I think on those mayoral... Am I saying that right? Mayoral. Mayoral, is it? Yeah, mayoral. Oh, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. They Do they not have metal... They have clamps. Clamps. Yeah, they do. They're beautiful. Or you could do it the cut price way by just drilling two holes <laughs> and dropping the flagpoles in with a bit of blue tackle. <laughs> <laughs> but then that may expose your front wings to water ingress, ingress. issues. I don't want any more ingress. Oh, no, you've got in- no, enough I've ingress. Got ingress issues. Yeah, if um, anything, you need a bit more egress. I need E, not, yeah. not in. in. Yeah, yeah. Um, to continue the Seinfeld. Uh, observation. Mm. I had a thought. Mm. I mean, obviously, he 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 would get he gets mobbed. Yeah, he's a very very famous man. Still does stand up, which mm. I didn't realise. Mm. Sold out almost everywhere. He's missing a trick. Right. I feel like he should have a bass butler. <laughs> <laughs> 
So every time he has a con- every time he has a conversation with someone or turns and does something, there's like a different expression. Yeah. The the, the bass butler who will be stood behind him with a bass guitar would just yeah. go, yeah. and then that's it. And then he'll just pause for a couple of minutes. And when he's walking and like looking left, looking right, it will just be this constant incidental music following him. But are you proposing that he funds this or that you're funding this to drive him to the brink of madness? <laughs> because that's what it could do, I think. I, yeah, the, there's only... He draws... He'll tolerate this for a long time. Yeah. But he draws the line at any bedroom activity. The, the bass butler is not allowed in the bedroom. Well, also, presumably, if he's gone to, you know take care of some business in one of those <laughs> mini skirt door American bathrooms <laughs> and he can just see the head of the base <laughs> over the slightly too long slightly too low door and he's like I know you're there ding 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 although maybe it's useful he's like oh I don't want anyone to hear me having a plop but that's fine oh so he covers it an extended he covers it with a fretless bass that's a great idea isn't it no one ever hears Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld's bass butler <laughs> would be a thing to behold. And, and, then I, and then I thought, when I was told that he still does sell out huge stadium gigs, yeah. I'm like, I mean, and, and, and we all know he's an exceptionally wealthy guy, spend, enjoys spending his money on Porsches, but mm. um, why doesn't he do an opposite gig where instead of selling tickets to the public, he gives every member of the public who who wants to come mm. the money the ticket would be. Yeah. But, yeah. but <laughs> when you apply to go to a Seinfeld gig, you have to bring a bass guitar with you. <laughs> so every, sing- every single person in the audience has a bass <laughs> and a small amp. <laughs> and you have to try and do it. And it would be a world record. You have to all play the theme tune. And there'll be a metro. He'll have a huge metronome on stage. And, it, and everyone has to do it. So the provisor that he gets, they get paid to turn up to Jerry's gig. Yeah. But they bring a bass and a small amp powered from a battery. Battery. I mean, I'm, I'm making this complicated, but I think it could. I be think great. you are, but and they do do these things, don't they? Where it's like mass. They certainly do it for stuff like ukuleles, don't they? There's always yeah. there's something going on shenanigans with ukuleles and, uh, and those other ones. And I was half hoping. Bearing in mind, I think Jerry Seinfeld probably owns every Porsche, every half-decent Porsche you can imagine. Yeah. I just want him to turn up in a really horribly beaten 924 that's smoking. It's actually pinking. It's not running on all the cylinders. Yeah. <laughs> you, know when, you know when... I saw it today. There was a Camry when we were out walking that it looked like someone had reversed it on a bit of a lock and it got caught on something sharp, and it oh, torn, the, torn the back door open yeah, around yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's baffled at things like that. You go, how has this happened? <laughs> it's, such why? it's such a horrible accident. Yeah, it is. It's not, it's I, not, it's not nice to be. He has a 924, which has a, a, a bit of a curl round a curl, door. A curly door, <laughs> like a sandwich that's gone <laughs> off. Or the, the front licence plate on that patinated box to this morning was just bent away at one end. Oh, it was hooked. It, it hooked onto something and it reversed out of a parking space. Go, How? How is this? How's it happen? Like that golf buggy we saw that had backed onto the side of a building. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Laguna Seca. It's went, ooh, that, <laughs> that's going to make a horrid noise when it has that, to drive off again. It's going to make... So I think Seinfeld should just buck the trend. Yeah. Turn up at a big extravaganza. Did you know that amongst his Porsche collection is just... I mean, he's sold stuff, hasn't he? He had a big clear-out a while ago. Yeah. Because he just had too much stuff. Yeah. And it's still an extraordinary collection by all accounts. And one of the things I discovered only a couple of weeks ago is that officially Porsche only made one 993 Speedster, which I think was a birthday present for Ferry Porsche or something. Did they really? Oh, one of the Porsche family, yes. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking of the 964 Speedster they made. Yeah, they were, fa- they, they were factory... Like, as in, they were a series production car yeah. for a certain... I can't remember how many made, but yeah, 993, they only did one. And it was for one of the Porsche family as a birthday present. But Seinfeld really wanted one. And in the end, they agreed to make him one. And he sent them a, 96, a 993 cab. He bought a 993 cab and sent it back to the factory and they speedsterized it for him. Bloody hell. So there were two 993 speedsters in the world and, and he's got the second one. He basically commissioned it. Did it have a, a Chino Tonno cover? It did. Think? It had bright white wheels <laughs> and <laughs> Chino caramel Tonno. Chino seats. Um, and uh, the other thing about Jerry Seinfeld, because it's true, yeah, he does still gig, doesn't he? But he, he still writes every day. 
and he because he believes that it's important to you have to keep it's like any sort of thing you have to keep limber and in good shape and so he just goes and sits in his office with nothing else to do believing that the human mind reacts to boredom by trying to find ways to occupy itself and that he will just force himself to write some material every single day which i find fascinating because i don't think i have the mental discipline to do that no but that that's what impresses me about him even more he doesn't even need the damn money. No, I know. Like, he has more money than, than possibly he knows what to do. Oh, definitely. So he's not... Dri- that is not monetary-driven. No, no, it's just... It's it's, it's keeping it's, your hand in. It's... it's um, What's it? Discipline, I suppose, is what it is. It's, yeah. It's the comics discipline. Yeah. Which is impressive, because he could just sit on his ass browsing through the painter sample swatches, yeah. which is what I do. You just get bored and fat and yeah. just, like, sit yeah. around... But no, no. So I mean, it would have been lovely to go and talk to him about that. But it just feels like he just—it's just in his position. Everybody wants to talk to you, I imagine. Yeah, and that must become quite wearying. And having spent a lot of time in the in the company of quite famous people <clears throat> working on telly shows, you do realise that it's quite uh, you know uh, tiring just having to sort of chat to people all the time when you just want to sit on your ass and have a. Well, just look, just look at the cars. Yeah, well, that's it. Yes, as well. If you come to a car show, you probably just want to look at the cars. But I don't know. Maybe he's happy to chat and we missed a golden opportunity to get a really good A-list guest on the show. Which is, well, I think it's because well, he's not on the list. That's why. If we put him on the guest list for the podcast, we could have talked to him. Um, speaking of which, we should probably stop because housekeeping wants to come and clean your room. They are desperate to come in here. I love to and, just check uh, the condition of the bathroom. We've got to go to the airport. Oh, God. Oh, shit. See, look. Okay. Hello. <laughs> this is brilliant. Hello. Okay. That was absolutely on cue. It really they was. They really want us it? out now. They do. Well, I tell you, let's check out 11 o'clock. Are we, are we still? Oh, it, we missed it. Was it? I don't know. Uh, bobbins. I mean, it's, qu- it's quarter to 12. Never mind. Anyway. All right. Well, anyway, we need to wrap this up because we actually need to wrap yeah. this up because blah, we blah, need to blah, get blah. out. Oh, I, I, should, I forgot to mention it. I'll, I'll mention it next week. I've got this idea for a cop show called High and Close. It's about two police officers who have terrible driving positions. High and high and close. Just, just, you know what you do. Why have you got the seat out there? Why are you sitting? Uh, but that's not that's not the bit of my notes I need. It's this bit. Um, where, where oh no! Is this yeah, the? This is what I'm thinking. There's three things to tell you. Yeah, but I, I, we're dregs now. We're going to have to change this format at some point soon. It's getting very tiresome. But anyway, let's let's run with it for now. Uh, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. Uh, it's called the Fake Mates with Jake Show, where it's Johnny attempts to impress people by claiming to be friends with the presenter of a high performance podcast, even <laughs> though he isn't. Um, if that's not if that's not to your taste, there's the Late Break Show. We've got lots of excellent videos, including Runaway Hit, uh, Cheap Boxster video. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bargain Boxster. We've got a couple, there will be some things coming up from Ren Spolt. Inter- oh. Interview with um, Pixar chap Jay Ward. We did a walk around, didn't we? Did a paddock walk around. Yeah, yeah, you, I, of course. I should mention that. How rude of me. Uh, so, yeah, if you have ever seen and are a fan of our paddock walk arounds at the Goodwood Festival Speed, and God knows about four people are, then uh, why not watch us walking around uh, the paddock at Renspelt, which will be on the Late Break Show channel maybe as we speak. Imminently, it could Who be, knows? yeah, imminently, imminently. Um, cool. And the second thing uh, I've got to tell you is... Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to plug something else. Uh, I, I appeared on uh, Ben Collins, out of Off of Being the Stig, um, has a new... It's actually a podcast, but he filmed it. And uh, we did this like about a year ago or something. I thought Ben had maybe just lost the tapes or something. But uh, I went and talked to Ben, uh, along with an old colleague of ours, Jim Wiseman, one of the sort of unsung heroes of old era Top Gear, Clarkson era Top Gear. And we sat down with Ben and just chatted about our work on the show. And it's uh, two-parter. So if you go on YouTube and search Ben Collins, his, his series is called Some Say... And there's uh, two chunks of that with Jim and me talking to Ben about stuff. And um, the third thing I've got to tell you is that I haven't scrolled down fast enough to find this. That's not a thing to tell. What have I done here? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, Yeah, third thing I've got to tell you is that Vivian from The Young Ones is named after Vivian Road in Bristol, which is where one of the writers of the show, Lisa Mayer, lived at the time. Really? Yeah, it's Vivian with a Y. Wow. Okay. V Y, V I A N. Vivian with a Y. Yeah, but it was named. He's named after a street. Well, thanks everybody for listening on the on that side, and yeah. um, 
And we're actually going to be on the other side soon because we're flying from one yes. side of the world to the other side <laughs> on that, that other side, side of, of the Atlantic things. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, thank you to everybody. I want to say thank you to Derek. You know who you are, Derek. Thanks for putting rogue stickers of Smith and Sniff stickers around. Oh yes, I, I got a picture of one of those. Yeah, involving one of them on the back of a chauffeur-driven KN, which happened to have a member of the Porsche board. Oh yes, <laughs> which we were. <laughs> the, the comms director spotted it and um, bless him he, he said was this you <laughs> yeah, but he also admitted that he did not remove it because it amused him so that's excellent um, right well thank you ever so much for listening we'll do this all again next week until then goodbye bye now thanks please mugs t-shirts stickers mugs t-shirts stickers mugs T-shirts, stickers. We might do hats soon, we haven't decided. This may come as a surprise. But Smith and Smith have merchandise. You won't believe your eyes. Smith and Smith have merchandise. Sadly, we don't do pies. But Smith and Smith have merchandise. One day we might set ties Smith and Sniff have merchandise Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.